0: This is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. It's a show. It's a show. It's a show, period.
1: It's a show. The greatest <laughs> show on earth. Um, it's a, a podcast show. And we talk about things we like that uh, are good and that we are into. And uh, this week we're coming at you fresh and revitalized off the back of a pretty fucking wild spring break, man.
0: Yeah, we took last week off because we were in Disney World with our two children. Yes. Um, and Goofy says hi. Took in a lot of Disney characters. Yes. Uh, a lot of rides, yes. a lot of foods, a lot a of swimming.
1: Had a great time. They know what they're doing. Mid-April, apparently perfect time. To go to Disney World. Weather, gorgeous. Not a drop of rain in the sky. Cool in the mornings. Temperate in the afternoons. Mm -hmm. Goofy was there. Goofy was there. We saw a lot of Pluto. Saw like Pluto three or four different times. I think he may have been following us. Uh But I did keep feeding him corn chips. (laughs) (laughs) Which, of course, as everyone knows, is what Pluto loves. Pluto's favorite food is corn chips. And every time I did it, it sounded like there was a man inside of him saying, stop. Stop it. Stop it. Stop putting corn chips <laughs> in the mouth cavity, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was like we like weird. But Disney magic.
0: I don't know how Disney characters work that when they sign something, they put it on their nose. Yes. Uh, and I've spent a lot of time thinking about that and what that means and how that works. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a mystery. Uh-huh.
0: Um, do you have any small wonders? Um. I am going to say the kind of unselfconscious pride that our son had after um, riding several Star Wars rides at Hollywood Studios. Yes. Uh, he is a little bit fearful when it comes to rides. It's not unusual for a six-year-old.
1: I certainly was.
0: Uh, and he took on two new rides. Three new uh, rides. Three? Three. Yeah, he
1: took on all, oh, the, yeah, yeah, star, all star the Star Tours Wars as well. Star Tours, which surprisingly, I would say most intense of, yeah, the, of sure. the three uh, star-based rides. At for Asia. sure.
0: And then he would get off the ride, and then he would just loudly proclaim to anybody uh, that was nearby that he was six- yeah, uh, and then how much he uh, achieved on the ride in yeah. particular for uh, Smuggler's Run,
1: Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run is basically an interactive sort of almost arcade game ride where you yeah. and five other people like push operate, buttons, push buttons and steer steer the ship, and you get a score at the end. Uh, his first time around, he got Hot Shot was his rating, so he kept going around saying like I'm a Hot Shot, I'm Hot Shot, and then the <laughs> second time around, he did even better. He got Marauder, which is like the next to best score, and he would just shout at. <laughs> Shout at Kylo Ren on the Rise of the Resistance ride, like, do not mess with me. I'm a marauder and I'm six years old. It was really, really good. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say uh my new sort of setup here. We got some new friends in the office, uh, two new friends, dual monitor setup. I originally had a widescreen monitor, I think it was 37 inches. Each of these screens is 27 for a combined Whoa. total of 54 inches. Of virtual working space,
0: it's got a lot of. It's got like arms and levers. It's
1: got arms and levers. I can twist it. I can make that horizontal, vertical if I wanted to. Isn't that messed up? I don't know why I would do that.
0: Oh, like you could flip it. I could
1: flip it. I could spin those. I could. Wow. Do, I could do fidget tricks with it. I could do whatever I want. Yeah, I'm a god in this. At this desk. At this desk. Thank
0: you, Max Fund donors, Thank for you, supporting donors. this upgrade.
1: Yeah, it's uh It's it's going to solve a lot of streaming based. Hiccup issues for me, which I'm very excited about. Not a lot of uh, software works good with a big, big, big wide monitor. But two monitors? Uh, Now we're cooking with real gamer gas. I also got a new gamer mouse. It glows in rainbow LED colors, which I don't love. Can you not see it? I do have my feet up on the desk.
0: No, I see it now. I, I guess I don't understand what the purpose of a gamer mouse is. Well, for games,
1: the buttons shoot the guns harder
0: oh I
1: go first this week Okay. speaking of gaming and being a gamer I'm going to talk about a game series that has been on my mind a lot lately and my whole life kind of it's Resident Evil Resident Evil is a uh, scary a scary game series for big boys
0: big brave boys I don't like know myself. anything about this like I know the title because yes. I have heard it yes that is all I know okay well uh, I'm, I, have a, I
1: have some info here it's a, a a very long running series of zombie based action horror games from Capcom, which is one of the sort of one of the older and more prolific developers uh, on earth. Uh, it first launched with the original Resident Evil, uh called Biohazard in Japan, uh on the PlayStation 1 back in 1996, and it was a huge smash hit success. Uh Garnered a lot of critical acclaim, and it sold four million copies in its first year on the market, which is back then was a whole whole lot um it also more notably scared the ever loving shit out yes. of ten year old Griffin Macroy yes. and made me very afraid of zombies and darkness in general for I would say several years yeah, um we got a PlayStation for Christmas in nineteen ninety seven and uh, got three games along with it. The first of which was Final Fantasy VII, one of my favorite games of all time. Changed my life. Uh, and then there was Blood Omen: Legacy of Cain, which was also pretty mature. I mean, it was rated M for mature. Uh, too too scary for me to see. And then there was Resident Evil, which nothing could really prepare my ten year old mind for seeing like a, a a zombie, its face dripping with gore. Uh, in three dimensions.
0: Now, is this something that your parents knew that you were witnessing? I don't think
1: they really were prepared. I do not think they were oh, okay. ready for it. Okay, um, Because I remember watching my brothers play Resident Evil Christmas Morning and me seeing <laughs> this and God. going like, what on, no way. Uh, it, it, it Because it was sort of the first 3D game that that we had, because, you know, Super Nintendo can't generate these kinds of graphics. Uh, it, it was like a, it crossed some threshold of terror in my mind. It really did scare the shit out of me. I remember for a long time, I was like afraid to be on the second floor of our house alone, like by myself. Yeah. And, but my bedtime was first. So I remember there was a long stretch of time where I would just sit at the top of the stairs waiting for someone else to come to bed and then I would scurry off to bed and hop in <laughs> like I'd been there the whole time because I was so afraid of these virtual zombies and I would be for a very long time really until we got Resident Evil 2 a couple of years later and I forced myself to play through it as like immersion therapy, which worked. Which yeah? You wouldn't, it did. Um, <laughs> it was a rough ride, but I got to the end of it. And now I can't
0: imagine now. that approach now as a parent to be like, oh, are you scared of this? Well, buckle up. You're gonna do nothing but this. This was not
1: sanctioned <laughs> by my parents. It's not like my parents yeah, were like, no, "Oh, you, you sneak in some Resident Evil, huh?" We'll smoke a whole pack of Resident Evils. <laughs> um, so the original Resident Evil was at the forefront of a whole like new genre called survival horror, um, which is still like a thing today. And there have been dozens, if not hundreds, of games sort of in that uh, milieu. And what made that genre special and what still makes it special is that it had less of an emphasis on just, like, blasting your way through hordes of monsters. And instead, it was more about, like, sort of shrewd resource management and making sure that you didn't, you know, expend too many bullets in one section. And then on the next one, like, you are you have no ammo and you're just boned. Uh, and that was sort of revolutionary because all of a sudden, like this game could scare you not from gore or monsters or jump scares, but rather from sort of establishing this constant tension of almost being out of, you know, ammo or healing items or whatever. Um, And that there have been, I think, eight of these games in like the main series and that sort of balance has shifted back and forth. Um, But, but really uh, it, it, It is sort of um, unreproducible, I think. I don't get scared by games where a monster is chasing you. I get scared in games where it's like, oh shit, like my knife just broke and now I don't have a knife anymore. Yeah. Um, I have a very sort of mathematical approach to it and it it works for me. Um, All of the games have also a very sort of elegant power curve to them where you start out the game and you're just an unarmed toddler you know, wandering around the streets of the zombie apocalypse and then Are by you the, really
0: a toddler? No, I okay, mean that yeah, would be really wild sure. if you
1: sort of went, you know, birth like, to Muppet dead. babies. Yeah, Muppet <laughs> Babies, zombie uh excursion. <laughs> but then by the end of the game you have like, you know, fucking two rocket launchers on each shoulder and you're just running around. It's very it's weirdly empowering, which uh ten year old me, I don't think, appreciated the first time that I played it. Um also for all of their sort of gore and scares, Resident Evil games are also like profoundly dumb and super campy, uh particularly the original Resident Evil. I sent you a video i'm not sure if you watched it uh, I did that featured um some of the worst writing and voice acting in video games, or really all media.
0: That's what, when I watched it, I was anticipating that it would just be bad performances, but the writing was also terrible. Bad
1: performances, pacing, writing, like really nonsense stuff. Uh, I'm gonna actually, if we could play a clip from that video, just so people could get like a little cross-section of what kind of uh, performance we are talking about here. Because I, I played this game a long time ago, and even now watching this video i was appalled at some of the things that were said in this video game i have been looking around
0: for clues okay i'll go to the other house and see if i can find any clues will you do that how about going down to check by yourself i have a rope here oh do you well then i'll try to go down using the rope whoa this hall is dangerous there must be a back door somewhere. What is it? Blood. Hope this is not Chris's blood. I can treat you, except for your major injury. Would you like me to? Yes. Please do something for me, temporarily. Oh, no. You must be kidding. After you've come all the way here. Ladies first. Go first, Jill. But Chris... Give me a chance to play nice guy.
1: It's funny. I'm not like a big fan of zombie media now. Really, neither of yeah. us. Yeah, like, we watched Walking Dead for a while, but The Shine kind of came off that apple. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of undeniable that when Resident Evil came out in 1996, like the zombie genre across all you know me- mediums was pretty dead. It was pretty quiet. Uh, but it almost single handedly like revitalized the yeah. whole the the whole thing, and that's where you get a lot of the the bigger name zombie stuff that uh, came out of it. Um, it. It's also interesting because uh, the game's director, the series' longtime director Shinji Mikami, uh, he he expected this game to tank. They were projecting that it was going to sell like two hundred thousand copies and be like a you know a, a hit for a niche audience because uh, they didn't expect people to enjoy playing a scary game. Um, yeah. But horror, like as a genre, is like a different beast now than it was in 1996, but like even back then, it wasn't like a particularly broad mainstream appeal thing. yeah, yeah but yeah. this game, you know, kind of proved that uh, a scary game could could find huge success, uh, and it continues to, and they keep on making the things uh, also, Capcom has been remaking some of the older Resident Evil games, uh, and they have been wildly really really good like oh. uh, across the board like picture perfect games uh, I've been playing Resident Evil 4 it's up on my PC monitor right now uh, it came out, I think, a, a couple weeks ago, and it's my game of the year with a bullet. Like by far, it is really, really, really fun and good. And
0: um, you feel comfortable saying the game of the year in April of twenty twenty three? I said so far.
1: I mean, fucking New Zelda game comes out in like two and a half weeks, I oh, think, okay. and so that's probably gonna probably gonna bump it
0: a little yeah. bit. But we'll see.
1: I'm I'm really uh, I'm really enjoying it, and it has made me realize I have a, you know a complicated history with this series, <laughs> but I also, I, it, it is the same way that, uh, you mentioned Henry, like riding those scary rides and feeling very gratified and very, yeah. uh, confident. There is something about sort of, you know, uh, grabbing your, your courage like that and realizing like, I can do this, uh-huh. that, you know, 12 year old Griffin felt when he beat Resident Evil 2 for the first time. Uh, and you know, I'm not. Twelve years old or scared by video games as much anymore, but uh, I still definitely feel that way when I when I play a good one of these. So yeah, that's Resident Evil, and now and babe, you're ready now for it.
0: Oh yeah, that's yeah. all. That's all I needed? Stardew
1: Valley is a great sort of <laughs> gateway, I uh-huh. think, to Resident Evil. There's a lot of similarities. Uh-huh. Farming. You know how is there farming? There are herbs. Okay. You know how sometimes in uh, Stardew Valley you'll be going through the mines and you'll have to fight like a ghost or a mummy?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, zombies are, what is a mummy if not a wrapped up zombie? Think about that. Yeah, that's
0: good. Think about that. Uh
1: More guns than Stardew. I will grant you that. In general, there's more guns in Resident Evil than in Stardew. Yeah. But aside from that one difference, they're basically the same exact game.
0: Okay. Can I steal you away? Yeah. To get fifty percent off. Hi, I'm Jackie Cation. Hello, I'm Lori Kilmerton. We do a podcast called the Jackie and Lori Show, and you could listen to it anytime you wanted because there's hundreds of episodes. Yeah, I mean, we've been doing comedy forever, and we should both quit. So why don't you listen up about <laughs> before we leave this not only terrible business but this awful world. And find out why we can't. (laughs) It's because we love it so.
1: Jackie and Lori Show, every week here on MaximumFun.org.
0: I'm sure you've noticed how giant corporations are controlling more and more about what we consume, whether it's our food our news, or even the shows we enjoy.
1: The Greatest Generation is a show that stands up to Big Star Trek and says no. We can laugh about costumes that fit too tightly in the groin area. We can make a Star Trek podcast that's basically only about that. The
0: Greatest Generation. The show for free and independent thinkers about Star Trek. And the groins of different costumes. Reviewing every episode in order. So subscribe to The Greatest Generation on MaximumFun.org. You'll be doing your part
1: in telling the Star Trek industrial complex that they can't control your mind.
0: So, my thing this week. Yes? Is uh, it resolves maybe a cliffhanger. Loyal listeners will remember in 2019... I talked about umami. Okay. It's a wonderful thing. Yes, I'm so excited. This week. Sour?
1: Salt. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. I had like a one in five chance of getting that right. Are you mm-hmm. going to talk about sour someday? I feel like we have maybe even talked about sour.
0: At this rate. So let's see. Last time I, it 2019. So every 20, four years. <laughs> so four years from now, maybe sour. Okay, cool. Maybe sweet. Maybe probably not sweet though. Probably not sweet. Everybody already knows about sweet. <laughs> um but
1: salty, that's that's new.
0: <laughs> Tell me about salty. Um so I was thinking about this because when we were at Disney, yes, we spent most of our afternoons at the pool at our hotel, and one Particular pool trip, I was proud of myself because I brought veggie straws down to the pool. Yes. And I was thinking to myself about how salty snacks are so great. By the poolside. By the pool. That's so true. Don't Mm. give me anything sweet.
1: Don't give me anything sour or um umami. There's something about being wet and eating salt that that feels right. Uh Uh-huh. Like your body wants it. But once both of them.
0: Uh-huh. The, and then our last day at Disney, we were heading in towards kind of a late lunch and we got those soft pretzels.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: I will also say at home, <laughs> I have a particular kind of loud pretzel that I like to eat.
1: That's what I call
0: them. Yeah. <laughs>
1: because they do produce, I would say, jet engine decibel levels. Of uh,
0: and I think part of the reason I like them is because they're like real salty.
1: It's so loud. Like, there's no <laughs> doubt about you're eating a pretzel. When you're eating these pretzels,
0: it's like it's a sourdough pretzel. That's it's Um, like the
1: size of my the thickness of my wrist. Yeah, and every time you bite into it, it's almost like it's like saying like pretzel.
0: Uh Pretzel. So I didn't really know a lot about salt. I knew there were different kinds of salt. I know that sometimes salt can be kind of like a fancy thing. Yeah, you know that like makes the dish seem fancier. Uh, Do you mean sodium chloride? Oh, don't get (laughs) ahead of me, Griffin. (laughs) <laughs> I'm kind of a science nut. I'm actually not planning on really talking about the science very much. So thank you. Okay. Well, I guess. I'll do that part. Okay. Uh, so um, most of the salt we eat is evaporated from uh, saltwater solutions. So like seawater. Yeah. Um, there's... I watched
1: a fascinating documentary in Japan of like people who make like artisanal salt on like oh. big, big sheets. And it's very expensive because it seems like a not efficient way. (laughs) It's like a
0: huge, like mile long table will get you like one shaker or fall. Um, Some types of salt are directly mined. And then there's like uh, the way the water is evaporated affects the crystal quality, the shape, the Mm. minerality. Yeah. Um, and then like the light hollow flakes of salt are produced through like solar evaporation in the open best. containers.
1: Yes, that's yes.
0: Uh so there's kind of two sorts of salt. There's cooking salt and then um there's finishing salt.
1: I love fin finishing salt is like when you're grown-up and you buy your first container of like that good uh-huh. like rock salt and you just sprinkle that on top of a a steak or something, man. That makes you feel well. Good. I'm
0: talking about like 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 a real like a flaky salt that you might put on like a chocolate chip cookie.
1: Oh, that's great too. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so table salt is is mostly what you find in salt shakers. I read an article at Bon Appetit, uh, 2021 that talks about how they don't recommend salt shakers because it's so easy to oversalt, and table salt in particular is like super fine. Mm-hmm. So we got we got one of those little salt bowls. Um. Now by the counter, which makes me feel like a real chef.
1: Yeah, except you get salt on your fingers when you do that.
0: True. I don't
1: like that because then it's like, well, what am I supposed to do with this salt? I mean, uh,
0: heads up—you already have salt on your fingers. Okay,
1: but mm, you understand there's. (laughs) That's very cute, but like you know, there's a difference. Thank you. I
0: know it's cute. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for it's saying It's not that. like I have
1: grains of salt on my face. Fi- if I did that, every time I scratched my eye, I would be in sh- shrieking pain.
0: Thank you for saying it was cute. It was cute. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Are you going to keep <laughs> reading your notes?
0: Uh, kosher salt, which I don't, really, I don't really understand or know anything about.
1: No shellfish in it. Uh- <laughs> it comes from ocean water that shellfish did not swim in.
0: Uh, It's not necessarily kosher, but it got its name from its use in the koshering process.
1: Okay. Don't know what that means.
0: So I think it's not like the salt itself is kosher. It's like when when they are making something kosher, this is the salt that is involved. Okay. Um, Bon Appetit recommends um, a number of different kinds of kosher salts. Which I'm not really going to go into, but sponsor
1: us salt companies if you want to, if you want to get the, the that
0: press. They mentioned diamond crystal and Morton are the most common brands yeah. in the u s and are heavily processed. So water is injected into underground deposits to dissolve the salt, and then that brine is refined for purity, and the water is evaporated. Ugh. But if you use one of their fancier ones, they say it's less refined. Uh, and more flavorful. I only
1: use Japanese sun-dried flake salt. <laughs> no harsh chemicals for me, thanks. Aside from the salt, which which is I guess a pretty harsh chemical, but it tastes fantastic, so I'm okay with that one.
0: Um, I already mentioned the the flaky sea salt. The things I didn't really know anything about, so there's black salt uh which is apparently super flavorful. Ooh. Um, I don't know that I need salt to be saltier. Well, it's supposed to have um Umami. more of a like a eggy sulfuric aroma. Okay, um, and it it not only enhances flavor, but um, it's like an essential ingredient in different spices, um, like Indian spices. Okay, uh, and then Himalayan pink salt. Again, didn't know anything about this. Uh, most of it comes from Pakistan. Um, there's no evidence supporting any claims that it's healthier, cleaner, um, but it's pretty.
1: It, it does look
0: cool. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing I never really understood that I was particularly interested in. You know, how like salt makes everything taste better. Yes. Like how a lot of times when you're cooking and you're not getting a lot of flavor, they say to add salt. Or if you watch a cooking show and then the judges are always like, uh, did you season this? And if they're like, no, it's like a big thing. I didn't really understand why salt made everything taste better, other than obviously salty is a flavor and that's good. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, But it actually draws out water, uh, which can either, you know, enhance the existing flavor or uh, it makes room for other liquid ingredients like like vinegar without the risk of being like soggy or diluted. Huh. So they suggest, for example, like if you're going to make uh, like a vegetable side, um, add salt, but then let it sit. So like add salt and let it sit for eight to 10 minutes to draw out some of the water before you cook it. Uh, and that'll like make the flavor that much better. Okay. So I thought that was interesting. It, it, it makes sense when you think about it, like, Everything has kind of an inherent flavor, but it also has a lot of water and If you add salt, it will draw out some of the water and you'll get more of the flavor. I like that the water I like that uh Bon Appetit also had some suggestions on things to add salt to um that I wouldn't necessarily think about um so they mentioned like you know chocolate ice cream uh which wasn't super surprising, or cocktails. Which you know I love. I love a uh, salt love rim, a salty cocktail around a cocktail. Um, also, pancakes with maple syrup, which I thought was interesting for salt. Uh, s'mores, uh, melon, pineapple, or mango, which I don't usually think about. Uh, lemonade, which I thought was an interesting idea. Uh, they also say like if you're making salty like, lemonade. Yeah, I guess apparently, you know, it makes like the the sweet sweeter and the sour sour.
1: But those two flavors are I don't need a beverage that contains intense all flavor, like intensity <laughs> yeah. of every flavor.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have never done this, so I don't I don't really know if it's a game changer or not. Uh they also said like the top of pies and cakes um to add salt to. Apple cider is another one they mentioned. Yeah. Uh yeah, I just thought that was I don't know. I think there are a lot of reasons that you can crave salty food, and some of them are kind of like dangerous reasons that you should talk to a doctor about. Like, for example, like if you're dehydrated, you're more likely to crave, crave salt. Oh, that's uh, interesting. So, yeah. So if you are somebody who like perpetually craves salt, which I think maybe I am, I should probably, you know, look into See the, a the reasons behind that. <laughs> I mean you're fine. Um, me. But I just, I just think it's such a magical thing that pretty much any dish you make You add salt, and it is probably going to taste better. Yeah. That's cool.
1: I would say you are the salt of the earth. Okay. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I think that's from the Bible. Okay. So it's probably good. (laughs) It's from the Bible. It's probably good. It's probably good. I think it's one of the sermons on the mount. Okay. Don't hide your light under a
0: bushel and what have you. Oh, is that from the Bible? I just thought that was like a folksy thing that you and your family said.
1: No. What, that me and my family? You yeah. thought that me and my family came up? That me and my family? Well,
0: no, I thought it was like, I mean, I, I just thought I mean, it was- a huge, pra- huge
1: praise. Huge praise. Because the J-Man himself, I think, came up with that. So, like, if you're saying, like, we came, you thought we came up with that. <laughs> that's huge for us. <laughs> thank you for listening to Wonderful. Um, thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. you are going to link to that in the episode description. Hey, if you live in Denver or San Jose- you should come out and see My Brother, My Brother, and Me or The Adventure Zone, which is only going to be in San Jose. Uh, it's, it, we're we're going to be playing there later this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, coming at you. Um, Before
0: we go any further, though, we should return to a segment. Oh, my goodness. You're so right. In a previous episode, who's to say what episode, we <laughs> talked about returning to listener submissions. You're right. Here we go. Uh, Which you can send in your brief uh, wonderful thing to wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. And maybe we'll read it on the
1: show like this one. Galen said, lactose pills. (laughs) I was in denial of my lactose intolerance for like forever because of my deep love of the cheeses. But now I eat cheese like a mouse monster and just pop a chewable pill before and have a great time. Really not sure if this is the right way to tell you about this, but there you are. This is the only way to tell us about this This
0: program. is something that we should both try
1: I think but specifically me and you can share in them should wear a bandolier of <laughs> chewable lactose pills that I can just I don't even think about it I, do, I limit like straight milk. I don't drink milkshakes anymore I don't yeah. eat dairyed ice cream um But if I have like a charcuterie board in front of me, that's different in my mind. Yeah, you
0: have a real blind spot to cheese. Like we were in Florida and we were talking about ordering pizza and you turned to me and you said, do you like deep dish pizza? And I was like, that is a lot of cheese, sir. so much cheese. (laughs) And we we declined on that. But if we had had. One of these he... incredible,
1: my incredible lactose pill bandolier,
0: yeah, <laughs> would not be an issue.
1: Laura <laughs> says, "My wonderful thing lately is prints in concrete. I pass a set of bird prints on uh, footprints on my way to work, and it always feels like a joyful little message
0: from the past." Oh, that's cool. I do like that. Have you ever had the the good fortune of doing this? Of
1: uh, vandalizing, of happening home.
0: upon wet concrete and accidentally leaving no. a mark. No. Yeah, because no, I'm afraid I I'll either. get
1: like sucked in to it and be entombed, <laughs> and then like neighborhood kids would like be playing hopscotch over my
0: uh-huh. you know,
1: skeleton and not even know about it. That's like my worst fear. Yeah,
0: actually. natural, totally natural fear.
1: I do like that celebrity like handprints and stuff. Yeah, uh, they have that in front of their sort of uh recreation of a uh, man's theater in Hollywood Studios at Disney World. And I gotta say I popped my hand into John Travolta's hand cavities. Perfect fit. <laughs> and I don't know what that means, but it's important, I think. Uh-huh. I think it's meaningful deeply. Wonderful podcast at gmail.com. Send in your submissions, please. It's so full of fucking spam and garbage. We need more signal. To help the signal to noise ratio reach a level of usability that is, uh, I, I would say, sort of baseline for any email. Yeah,
0: account. and just and just two to three sentences. Yeah,
1: not a whole. We don't need your whole life story. Yeah. I eat lactose pills, so I don't fart so bad. Like that's <laughs> but, great. That is not what the listener said. It's not what Galen said, but it was like. <laughs> um. Anyway, all that stuff I already said about the about Bowen and Augustus and, and the show coming up. Uh, McElroyMerch.com We get a bunch of Great fun stuff on there You can go to The McElroy.Family Check out all of our shows Go to org. Check out all the shows there And then uh, we're gonna Be coming at you Hot and heavy With a new episode Next week So don't touch that dial It's got jam on it Just Keep it locked 93.1 The wonderful FM For all The great oldies Country hip hop te- Techno Music
0: uh-huh. That you
1: crave
0: Yeah Money